I just am so excited about our guest speaker this morning. Many of you may know her. Um, I wasn't here last year when she came, so it was really fun for me to uh, invite Dawn back again. But Dawn is a very celebrated and award-winning author, and we do have a book table back there. She has written a book that's um, been widely recognized called When the Woman Abused Was You, and the other one uh, that came was when a woman you love was abused. And so she has her book table back there. We wanted to uh, make sure that you were aware. But she's singer, songwriter, awesome teacher, well sought after uh, speaker, uh, ordained minister. And um, let me just tell you, we just are so honored and privileged that she's here with us this morning. So would you please bless us, Pastor Dawn, and welcome her as she comes. Good morning. Oh, man, I know you got more in you than that. Good morning. All right, this side, well done. I'm still not convinced. You're, you could say morning, but it, maybe it wasn't a good morning. How many can just say good morning? Good morning. All right, there you go. It's great to be with all of you beautiful women. Thank you so much for having me. And I appreciate all of the, um, the introduction, but I think the greatest thing that I could just say is that I love the Lord, Jesus. He has delivered me and set me free, and I'm so, so very thankful to God for that. Secondly, I have an amazing husband. He's a hunk of hunk of burning love. And uh, thirdly, I have 11 grandchildren. So that's what you really need to know. Um, and isn't it true, grandmas? Where's my grandmas in the house? Woo! Isn't it so true, as goofy as it is, that we like, hey, if we would have known grandkids were this great, we would have had them first, right? <laughs> and we get along really well with our grandkids because we have a common enemy. They're parents. <laughs> They're ruining them, but we are the grandmas who are standing in the gap and praying for them. I don't know. How many millennials are in the house? Anybody admit they're a millennial? All right. All right, you guys, we're sorry we did that to you. It's our fault. If you don't know what a millennial is, um, I am a lead pastor at Tribes Church, and I, my staff is largely filled with millennials that are from the ages of, you know, born 2000, I think, or no, before. But anyway, I, I can't remember what the age gap is, but it's like they're in their 30s, right? Young, all my... Adult children, they're all in their 30s now. And um, so I, it, it's just a thing. I'm just saying. It's a, it's a thing. The other day I was talking to a millennial in the church, and I had just got done preaching a message, and, and it really ministered to her. And she said, oh, thank you so much for that word. That was so good. And I just learned so much. I, ha I hadn't even known any of that before. And so I said to her what I normally say. I said, well... Thank you, praise God. But I say, you know what? Don't take my word for it. You get in that Bible and you, you search it out. And I said, you, so just eat the meat and spit out the bones. And she goes, oh, I'm vegan. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> anyway, no. I, I love all of you. It's so great to be to be with you today. Thank you so much for the amazing praise and worship team. We appreciate that and you setting the atmosphere. Um, the books that I've written, I've written them because it comes out of my story of pain. And I'd like to say that, you know, I had this 
great childhood and, and that I was the little girl with braids running down the hill and having fun. And, and while I had some of that, I also had a secret that I kept and that I was concerned that if I got too close to anyone that they, they might figure that out. And so my secret was that, that my childhood hero by day was also a perpetrator by night. And, and that was my dad. And uh, I don't remember when it began. The Lord has not given me that memory. I want to remember. I've tried to remember. I just don't have. Uh, it was so traumatic, I think, for me that, that, you know, my mind has just blocked that. And if God wants me to have it, I know that he'll give it to me. But I have many, many memories of abuse and molestation. And I just thought that once it was over, that it was over. Come on, somebody. And then we figured out that it's not over just because it's over. In fact, when abuse and trauma is over, that's when you will start processing it for the very first time. And so many years after it was over, I had gone into a marriage because that was how I got out of the abuse was to get married and get out of the house. And that about three years into my marriage, okay, three minutes into my marriage, <laughs> it started to surface. And you're, I'm asleep in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden there's a presence in the bed next to me, and I'm sweating, and I'm frozen, and I'm freaking out, and I'm triggered. And I, oh, yeah, that's right. It's my husband. That's right. So the first book I wrote, I wrote for husbands to help them understand the nature of a woman who's been abused and when you love her. And if you love her, you have to learn to understand her. And if you don't, then you're going to have a biblical marriage, which is uh, wars and rumors of wars. <laughs> <laughs> because it just doesn't, it doesn't work. It's very difficult. I'm not saying it can't work. I'm just saying it's going to be a very challenging relationship. And so husbands, do yourself a favor. Love your wife and learn about her. And so I uh, wrote that first book, and it's been out um, for about five years, I think. But what's interesting is I was focused on the family, brought me to Colorado and had me do an interview with them. And I can always tell when it's played because when the interview has replayed, I'll get another deluge of email from men across the United States and Canada who have purchased the book, and then they're sending emails. So if that's your story, and you're in a relationship, and your husband or your significant other doesn't understand you, you would do well to have them have that book. And then after I wrote that book and the women were reading it and they were highlighting things and giving it to their husband and saying, this is how you can know me, this is very true of me, or this, isn't, this doesn't relate to me, but this does. But afterwards, the, and I started getting the emails from the women saying, where's the book for us? You know, where's the healing journey for us? And so that one is written. I think last year I gave a book to everyone who was in the room. And um, so this year I want to make sure that you get them if you, if you need one. But they're over there somewhere, I think. Um, and I don't know because I don't see very well. I'm very nearsighted, so if you're smiling at me right now, thank you. If you're frowning, oh well, <laughs> can't see you, which is a great thing because you're never intimidated by the crowd because I can't see you. A few, few years ago, we were going to my former in-law's house for, so I guess this is about 10 years or more ago, 
and um, we were going to my former in-law's house for Christmas, and my son was driving in front of me in a truck, and I was going to follow. I said, let me follow you because I don't know if I'm going to be able to see or, you know, get there well. And he goes, oh, mom, you, you know where they live. They're in the condos around the corner from us. And I said, yeah, but just let me follow you. So he took off, and, and I came out of the driveway and followed him. And I'm following him and saying, this is a good thing that I'm following him because this is a route that I don't know, and I would have totally been lost if I would have followed him or if I would have gone by myself. So I'm glad that I'm following him. So I'm going down the streets, and I'm turning, and we pull up in the driveway, and I pull up on the drive. And I made sure I was close to this guy, too. You know, I didn't want to lose my boy because I didn't want to get lost. And I pull up in the driveway, and all of a sudden, this strange man gets out, and he looks at me, and he goes, can I help you? <laughs> I had followed the wrong truck. <laughs> my son had pulled out and got in ahead somehow, and me and my little eyes, I'm like Mr. Magoo sometime. I'm just following him. Now, don't worry when I'm on the road. I do have glasses that I put on, so I can see, but Yes. So if you wave at me from a distance, I will not be, I wave at everybody, I say hi to everybody. My husband's always like, do you know them? I go, no, I don't know. I don't know who they are. Hey, hi, how are you? Who's that? I don't know. <laughs> we hugged one lady in the restaurant, my girlfriend and I, and we're like, oh my goodness, oh hi, hi, hug, 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 squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And later we, you know, we're talking like, now where do we, find? by the end of it, we discovered that neither one of us knew each other. It was just, a, she was a stranger. But she was doing the same thing to us that we were doing to her, you know. <laughs> so anyways, are you ready for some of the word of God this morning? As we get ready to just look at a word that I believe that the Lord has, and thank you so much for the music. It just flows beautifully into this. Um, this Saturday, I have a women's conference that I'm doing called the Freedom Girls Sisterhood. If anybody, you just find yourself Saturday with nothing to do, there's still time to to be a part of that, and you can just talk to me later, or you can go to the website Freedom Girl Sisterhood, so that's one S in there, freedomgirlsisterhood.com, and you'll see the, the link to that. But let me share with you a, a word today. I hear that you guys have been talking about how to win battles. Is that right? Has anybody ever been in a battle before? <laughs> I think we say that you've either been in a battle, you are in a battle, or you're going to be facing a battle, because that is life. But as we sang this morning, every battle has already been won for us. It's done. It is finished. However, that does not mean that we don't need to be girded up as we journey through the battle, right? Sometimes God will say, you know what, I'm moving this mountain, and you don't have to worry about it. And sometimes he says, I'm going to lead you around this mountain. You know, it's going to take a little bit longer, but we're going around this mountain. And then sometimes he said, this one, baby girl, you're going to have to climb. You're going to have to climb this. And as we climb this mountain, we're going to feel tired and we're going to feel alone and weary. And we're going to see the enemy come out of the nooks and crooks of that mountain that we didn't anticipate. But God is faithful. So I want to equip you today when you're in the battle or you're just coming out of the battle or you've been in a battle, how to look at it and how to interpret what you're going through, which is an important thing. But let's open in prayer, okay? God, thank you so much for the time to be with these amazing women, women of purpose, women of destiny, women with a calling on their life, God. 
I thank you, Lord, for the way you've directed each one's path and how you're unfolding revelation before them with each step that they take. You said that the light and the path of the righteous is like the first light of dawn, gleaming ever brighter till the full light of day. That means the more we take the steps towards you, the clearer and clearer it becomes. Thank you for that, God. And I pray now as we just share together and share the word that we'll have some aha moments Have some moments, Lord, where you you pierce us and we say, oh, Lord, that's me. Or where, God, you'll encourage our hearts. We'll say, I was going to quit, but Lord, thank you that you've shown me that I have the victory. So, God, thank you for today. Thank you for your angels that are here and for the blood of Jesus Christ that still cries out a better word. Lord, I thank you for freedom and deliverance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's look at the scripture today in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and just a verse there, the uh, Apostle Paul is talking about forgiveness, and he's saying, I make sure that I forgive, and I want to make sure that you do that too, he says to the Corinthians, make sure that you're, you're forgiving fully, you're forgiving quickly, and you're letting go, because forgiveness will turn and bite you. And so he's saying to them, I'm going to forgive you. I want you to forgive anybody that you have a struggle with. And then he says this, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Or are we? Uh, We're not supposed to be unaware of his schemes, but sometimes I think we might be. Because he's skillful, and the enemy is witty. And the enemy is wise because he's been around for thousands of years. He knows your family line. He knows your history. He knows your DNA, as we heard from our intercessor this morning. He knows the things about you that sometimes we don't even understand about ourselves. He's connected the dots. He understands what great-great-grandpa did or great-great-grandma did. And he understands that if we haven't broken that chain of iniquity through the blood of Christ, that the enemy has the right, he understands legal access, to check in with us to see if that generational curse will work again in our life. It doesn't have to be creative because the same old stuff works over and over again. I don't know how it is for you in your life, but I can guess the stuff that works for me is the same stuff that maybe I've struggled with. For years, or maybe the same stuff that worked on you, and you keep going and you keep praying and you're asking God to take this thing or set you free from it or work in you and shape you, and the Lord is faithful to do that and he's doing that, but that might be the same area of relapse that you experience because the enemy knows how to get us to trip up. But the Bible says that we should not be unaware of his schemes. And the word schemes there, right there in 2 Corinthians, the word scheme is the word noema in the Greek. Noema is the word that means thought. And basically it's saying we should not be unaware of Satan's thoughts. How many know that he thinks about ways to get after us? He thinks about us. Or another translation says we're not unaware of his plans for us. Wait a minute, we know God has plans for us. Jeremiah, we can all quote that probably. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you a future and hope. But Satan's got plans for you too. 
And we know what his agenda is. Jesus tells us that in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to do what? That's his agenda. That's what he wants to do. And he's not dull when it comes to you. He knows he's watching and he has thoughts and plans and schemes about you and about me. So we should not let him outwit us, the Bible says, outsmart us, trick us, right? We are in a war. Now let's look at something in Revelation 12, verse 9. I'm sorry I don't have it up there for you, but let me read this scripture to you. You can write this down if you hear the names of the enemy here. There's a war going on in the heavenlies, and this is what's happening as John the Revelator is giving it to us. Revelation 12, verse 9. And the great dragon was thrown down. The serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who declares to the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Did you hear it? What were the four titles attributed to Satan there in that passage? Dragon, serpent, devil, and Satan. We're going to look at those in just a minute. But C.S. Lewis says this. They're a great writer, some, a Christian author of some great works, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and all of that. C.S. Lewis says this. There are two equal and opposite errors we can get into when we start talking about the enemy. And one is, is to disbelieve, to kind of walk around in some naivety that there is no enemy and everything happens for a reason. Have you, have you run into those people? Oh, you know, devastation everywhere. Everything happens for a reason. Yep, and sometimes that reason is you were dumb. <laughs> you were disobedient. I was dumb. I made a bad decision. Sometimes that's why it happened. Everything isn't from God's plan and design. Now, will he take everything and work it to our good? You better believe it because he's a redeemer. Thank you, Jesus. But not everything happens because God ordains it or wants it to happen. So one error is to disbelieve. But the other opposite error, and just as deadly, I guess, or or, um, problematic, is to believe that everything is Satan, right? That the devil is everywhere. He's on this chair right here. He's over here. He's behind the bush. Did you ever read Frank Peretti's books, This Present Darkness? I'm aging myself, aren't I, when I say that? But I read those some years ago, and after reading them, I'm like, the devil is everywhere. I see you. He's up there on that screen. He's in the sound booth. He is in the sound booth. I'm going to tell you what. (laughs) The devil is in all things technology. He's in my computer. Always. But it's it's just error to believe that he's in everything. But here's a few things that we do have to understand about warfare, some things that we need to be equipped with. Otherwise, we will be outsmarted. Otherwise, we will be outwitted by the enemy. And, of course, the first one is just simply that, that we are in a spiritual war. You know, it's not always physical. It's not always happening here. Sometimes coldness of heart is because we're in a spiritual war. Sometimes criticism, the voices that we hear, and the judgments that we give, and the blasé feeling that we have, and the lukewarmness, 
It's just spiritual warfare going on over our passion for God. Sometimes it's just in the commonness when we wake up in the morning and we're not grateful and we're not thankful and we're not taking our day by the throat and making it submit to us because we're a woman on a mission with something to do for Jesus. Sometimes it's just because we're just blasé fair. Sometimes it's not that the enemy wants to kill you. It's that he wants to waste you. He wants to squander you. In other words, you squander your time. You squander your gift. You squander your anointing. And you do nothing day after day. I'm not, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about us, okay? Us. Me. That, that's how the enemy comes at us. That's a spiritual warfare that's going on. And we do praise through that. We, we will win the victory if we praise through that. We'll win the victory if we get out of bed in the morning and put our feet on the ground and say, good morning, Lord, instead of good Lord, it's morning. <laughs> right? By the way, Judy Hemela, Judy Buffum is my mentor. And I traveled with her for years. We're very close friends. And sometimes when I do some of that, I think of Judy. So if you see any of me and Judy, it's because she put it in there. <laughs> and it's a joy. It's a joy. But I just thought of her when I did that because she used to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> We're in a spiritual warfare, right? And, the, and the, the thing is, is that the other thing we have to understand is that Satan started the war. He started it because of jealousy and because of pride, because of, uh, of the ego of the enemy, it's hard to understand this story, but that he was created as Lucifer and he was an angel of light and was with God. And then he decided, what did he say? I will exalt myself. I should be worshipped. I am the center of the story up in here. How are you guys giving? And anytime you start... In fact, here's a challenge for all of us. Think about how many times you say me or I during the day, my. Isn't that the first word that children learn? Got these little grandchildren, and the first thing is my, me, my, mine, mine. They even say at night before they go to bed, instead of saying I love you, they say my love you. My miss you. My grandkids are some in that ages, and that's how they're talking. Because that, that's the ego. That's the pride. That's the center of the soul life, the fleshy life. Me, my, I. And Satan said, I should be worshipped. And so he started this warfare with God. And what was the nature of the war? It was, I want God off the throne. Because I want to be on the throne and what we have to understand today is that's the same warfare today. Now, where is God's throne today? It's on our hearts, isn't it? Jesus be the Lord of all. Jesus be the Lord of all. Can we sing that? The center of my heart, on the throne of my heart. And so Satan wants to come against our heart to get God off the throne so that he can set himself up, but it's really masked as it's us. But what's behind it is pride, jealousy, envy, selfish ambition. Satan wants to be on that throne of our life. That's why the Bible tells us in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart. 
because out of it throw, uh, flows the issues of life. So to understand, we're in a warfare. Satan started the war, and the goal of the war is your heart, the throne of God. So let's look at these, um, these names of the enemy just for a moment. And um, I'm not, oh, yes, I am. How much time do I have, Pastor? Till 11. Okay, are you all, yep, I can see it. Thank you. If you guys get done listening before I get done talking, just hang in there. Just sit quietly and doodle. All right. Revelation 9, again, he was thrown down, and we go, that is good news. First of all, I just want to say to you, every time the enemy is thrown down, if we read on, we'll say, you'll, you'll see what happens when he's thrown down. Okay, let me hold that just for a moment. Let's look at who was thrown down, the dragon. The Greek word there is dracon, and um, sometimes if you ever see movies and different things, and all of a sudden there's these monsters characters, and they have the name dracon. I don't know if you remember that in Rocky, but they, but they um, epitomize really what these what this Greek word is. Um, it's like like sometimes Hollywood is smarter than we are at. at sometimes in understanding this. But this, this word dragon is a mythical creature. It, it really is like um, Jurassic Park monster where the people are really little and they're running and they're trying to hide. But this, this dinosaur or this was like a serpent or this, this monster, this dragon was so big and so large, he could see them wherever they were and wherever they hid, wherever they tried to go, he could see them and he could find them. And the word here in the Greek means this monster creature who is against God but can manipulate things from a distance and stay kind of behind the scenes. This is one of the ways we're going to warfare against the enemy is this manipulation and this intimidation where it's like the Wizard of Oz, I'm behind the curtain, I'm manipulating everything, but I'm controlling your life. I can see wherever you go. That's why the blood of Jesus Christ is one of our weapons because when we plead the blood, the enemy can't see through that. We are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. But again, you're in a warfare from this monstrous creature simply because you love God, he hates God, and we're getting caught in the crossfire. So what it means is that we have to stay armored up and prayed up to defeat this thing because he can see us from a distance. You might not know you're wrestling the enemy. You, it may not feel like the enemy. You may be unaware of it, but you could be experiencing spiritual warfare because he's behind the curtain, but he's, he, people are a puppet on the string. The Bible says we don't wrestle flesh and blood but powers and principalities and high places. So am I look like your husband? You may talk like your husband, might smell like your husband, but it could be and probably is if you're at war with your husband, it's the enemy standing off at the at distance behind the curtain controlling. So don't be outwitted. Your battle is not with him and not with flesh and blood. Your battle is with the unseen forces of the enemy that's trying to bring destruction to your life. 
I was married for almost 28 years. And in that time, I was a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. It took me many years to understand, first of all, what was even happening to me. My first husband would say to me, why didn't you tell me? And I thought, why didn't I tell me? I don't know. I didn't know my own story. Oh, I had a story that I made up in my mind, and it was filled with the ability to keep me a victim. My story was filled with ways that I could stay powerless. But it wasn't producing good fruit in my life. And when all of a sudden the memories started to come and the triggers and I just tried to push him down even more. Have you ever been there when I don't want to hear this? I don't want to think about this. I have forgiven my father. It is over. It is done. And I thought forgiveness meant I'm healed. That's it. I've forgiven. No, forgiveness means I'm free from the power of the poison and I've taken out the big hedge cutters in the spirit and I've cut the chain so I'm not bound to my perpetrator anymore. But I'm still hurt. I'm still wounded. My soul is still massacred. And so I had to learn. And what happened to me was that what I wasn't willing to deal with, my body finally told on me. Because we've discovered, Pastor, and you probably know this, but, but trauma isn't just what happens in the natural, and then not just even what happens in the spirit, but it's what happens biologically to you. So trauma changes your biology. And so I began to have panic attacks. And I was never a depressed, depression, I never knew it. I always was upbeat, and then the anxiety turned into depression, and I went into a deep cave. And I just one day went, I couldn't, I couldn't take anymore. I'd been on the couch for months, just curled up in the fetal position. I didn't know what happened to me. I didn't know where I went. I would cry. I would look at pictures of me and say, where did she go? I want to be her again. And I would watch people, you know, from my window walking or we, led, we lived by a bike trail right out here, in fact, right down on 52nd Street. And I would see and I'd say, I want to be her she doesn't have anxiety. <laughs> she looks happy. I was bargaining with God. I wanted to trade places with anybody. And finally, I went to the doctor, and he's like, you need to go on medication. And I just was, I was so against that, but I was at the place where, yep, give me whatever. I don't care. Give me whatever it takes. And so I started medication, and three weeks later, I was up and out of what had been a five-month um, valley. But I still had to do the work because there was warfare going on in my life, and I had to face it. What does James say? Consider it pure joy whenever you run from trials of many kinds. Whenever you face trials. Mm, Got to face them. Ugh. Yep. Okay. So that's the dragon. What about number two, the serpent? This is an interesting word, the serpent. This word is ophis, from which we get the word optonomai. Does anybody know what op? T, it's your vision. It's how you see. So this Greek word is telling us that this actually, this characteristic of Satan, this means to appear real, to look real. This is the word deceiver. 
Here's the next way the enemy will come to us, or another way that he'll come to us, is to deceive us. False evidence appearing real. Fear. He'll bring fear by whispering. Didn't he do this to Eve in the garden? The serpent snuck in and he said, what if? What if it is cancer? What if it does come back? What if, you know, they're talking about you. You know, they don't really like you. What if he is having an affair? And he was. What, what if you do lose all your money? What if they do have to amputate? What if they do tell? What if it is anorexia or bulimia? What if it is mental illness? Do you understand what I'm saying? The enemy wants to deceive us. He wants to scare us. He wants us to buy in to his commentary, his narrative, and take it as our own. But just like Jesus defeated this serpent who came in, optonomai, making things appear real. Do you understand that when Jesus was being tempted by the enemy in Luke 4, when he was brought out into the wilderness, led there by the Holy Spirit? That's a message in itself. Man, thank you, Holy Spirit, you lead me into the desert. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading me into combat with the enemy. So Satan knew that Jesus was hungry. He had been there for 40 days and 40 nights. And he looked and he said, um, all you got to do is um, say the word, and these stones right here will turn into bread. Now, understanding that these stones, they were, it was flint, and um, they were round, kind of flat stones, and maybe even striped a little bit. And they looked very much like the pita bread or the flat bread without leaven that the Jewish people ate that would be grilled. And so all Jesus had to do was, was just kind of look at it and, and go, yeah, that, look, that looks like bread. All you got to do is say it just once. Because the minute the word comes out of your mouth, it will materialize. Just say it. Satan just wants us to agree with him. Just agree with me. Just say it once. It could look that way, you know. It, it, it could be that. If you, if you just say it, I just, I just can't do it anymore. I think I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna quit. Yes, got her. That's what I was waiting for. Not too long ago, I took a fitness challenge because you know, we sit at the desk a lot. We got to stay active. Got to stay busy. And so I go to the gym and I put on all my cute gear and I get there and and I'm ready. And the first day, here comes her. Her name. She's spunky little thing. She's. A millennial of 20 years old and rich, wise girl. And she's got us, and I'm like, oh, I like her. She's going she's gonna, to, you know, she's like, come on, ladies. We got this. You can do this three more. You can do anything three times. Come on. And I'm like, yeah, I like it. And we're going to do this thing four times around. And by the third time, and she's like, come on, let's get some speed. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's easy for you to say you've been sitting there drinking coffee the whole time. But okay, yeah, I'm going to do one more. Here I go. And she's like, come on, ladies, get your butt up off the ground. Let's see some effort. And I'm like, I'm going to choke you. <laughs> I'll show you effort. 
I did not like her. You know, your spunk is getting on my nerves. <laughs> she just was pushing me over the edge. Where was I telling you that for? I have no idea. Other than... I can't do it anymore. Thank you. Come on, come on, girl. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. It's like the minute I said that, my brain took that message and said, oh, okay, you can't do it. Attention body, she can't do it anymore. Everybody stop working. That's how it works, man. Your brain needs a target. The minute you agree with negativity, sends the message. Minute you say, I quit, I can't do it, I'm not strong enough, I'm not good enough, I'm too weak, I have no willpower, I'm a loser, oh my word, I'm getting old. Never let an old person enter your body. Doesn't matter how, what your age is. Right? Come on. Not happening. Age gracefully pff, over my arse. <laughs> I'm going to fight it. I got, I got too much Jesus has put into my heart. My body's serving my spirit. So I have to be a good steward of my body so I can get on mission with God. So don't let things that aren't real appear real. And don't be deceived by the way the enemy wants you to interpret the way things look. And quickly, number three, the devil. This is the word diabolus or diabolical. This is the Greek word. This is another way that he comes. And we heard it today. False accuser slanderer, gossiper, the accuser of the brethren and sistren, accusing us day and night before God, throwing guilt and shame on us. This is how he works. Come on, just do it. Nobody cares. It's not wrong. Come on. And you go, yeah, it's not wrong. That's right. It's not wrong. It's fine. It's not, who are you going to hurt? Who's going to know anyway? Okay, I'll do it. You pitiful person, you lowlife, you woman of no integrity. That's how he works. God, did you see what she just did? Oh, God, I guess she's supposed to be your perfect saint serving you. Look at her accusing us. He works by coming that way to us, but he also wants to work that way by coming that way through us. If you gossip, you're in the enemy's team. If we gossip and open our mouth to tear somebody else down while elevating ourselves or making us feel better about who we are, we've just agreed with Satan. And we're letting him win that warfare over our sister who needs our help. Speak the truth in love if you have to, but not behind someone's back. You can go right to them. And then finally, Satan Satanus, and that's just the adversary. That's the one who throws obstacles and roadblocks. He's the one who, who will buffet you. He can't touch us because of the blood of Jesus Christ, but that's the one who wants to, to cause a distracted driver to come your way. That's the one that wants to hurt. That's the one that wants to bruise you. That's the one who wants to just come right at you and, and just take you out. He really doesn't want to kill us, like I said earlier. He just wants to maim us. Because he just gets so much more longevity out of a soul that's tortured versus one who just goes home to be with Jesus. But here's the good news. We win. We win. 
We overcome him. The Bible says, if you read just a little further, they overcame him with the blood of the lamb and the word. God's word coming through our mouth, testifying to his faithfulness and his goodness. God's word coming through our mouth, agreeing with God about our identity. I am more than an overcomer. I am a victor in Jesus' name. I am more than a survivor. I'm a thriver. I'm a child of God. I'm a princess. I'm an heir to Jesus, a co-heir to Jesus, with Jesus and an heir to the throne of God. I'm his child. I'm forgiven. I'm loved. I'm redeemed. I'm renewed. I am capable. I am able. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. He is my joy, my song. I'm free. I'm delivered. I'm redeemed. I'm made brand new. My mind is renewed. My body is renewed. My soul is renewed. I know who I am in the name of Jesus. I'm strong. I'm capable. Amen? That's how we overcome him. So overcome him today in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. I'll pray. Let's uh, bow our heads together. I'm not um, unaware of the fact that there are those of you who are in this room right now that are in this battle. And I'm It's a battle for our mind mostly, isn't it? It's a battle for our mind. And whoever gets the mind, we say, gets the man or gets the woman. So I thank you right now, Lord Jesus, that every woman in this room who would lift her hand, either physically or in her mind right now, sees herself lifting her hand to you to grab onto you that says, pull me up out of this mire, get me out of this clay, get me out of this pit, get me out from the the wild animals, the enemy that's prowling around looking to devour me. Jesus, take me and set me on a solid rock. Your word is the rock. Jesus, you are the rock. I recommit my life to you. I see myself delivered, free, whole in every way. I thank you for washing my mind, cleansing my mind, purifying my mind. I thank you for the fire of the Holy Spirit that's burning inside of me, that burns away the dross and the filth and the temptation that has beset me and the sin that has entangled me. You're setting me free from the cords and the ropes that not only have been around my soul and my spirit, but I see around my mind and keeping me in confusion and unbelief, binding me in fear and keeping me to a negative mindset. Set me free today, Jesus. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your power. I thank you today that I stand on your word, agree with you, and praise your holy name, and then enter into that rest, and I am set free. I'm covered by the blood, the blood of Jesus that still runs today from the throne, from the cross, still alive and warm and red and flowing, still able to defeat every power of the enemy covering over me and it makes me pure and makes me strong it makes me holy it makes me righteous thank you for your blood jesus that breaks the power of sin sickness and death off of me i am set free that is who i am i stand and i claim that and i thank you for it lord in jesus name amen